It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to see the family of faith. What a beautiful day it is. What an awesome time it is to come together under the word of the Lord. Amen. It's my heart, my hope, my thought towards everybody here today. Did you come to hear God speak? Did you come to get revelation of God uh, that we might put in our minds the thought of God? Amen. How many know it's marvelous to get a thought from God, a revelation from the Lord? And how beautiful it is to be with the family of faith today. What a beautiful Sunday it is. Amen. I see a few empty seats, and those are all your spring breakers. Amen. These are people that are on vacation, enjoying life, taking some time off. And How many had some time to get a few days of relaxation this past week? And we were able to get a little time away and just spend a few days just enjoying a time with the family. Amen. We had, some, we had a few good days in there just to get away from all the busyness and hectic, hecticness of life to spend a few days with family. So it's awesome to be back with the family faith, back in the house of the Lord. I pray you came ready to receive from the Lord. Today I promise you that you're going to hear things you've probably never heard before in all of your life in the church. Because today I'm going to be talking about the kingdom of God. And in this new series, A King's Domain, we're going to be talking about the kingdom of heaven over the next four weeks. So you're going to learn things you've never you've never probably heard or, or even taken time to examine through the scriptures. But we're going to do that together. And I hope that as we get through this series, you will, like I will, enter into the kingdom of God. Because God is looking for someone who wants to enter into the kingdom. And so I pray that be you and I pray it be I as we move together in the things of the Lord. So I'm gonna, we're going to start this morning, this first message, which I would say you're probably very fortunate to be under the, 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 the teaching today because this is probably one of the greatest messages you'll ever hear in your life about the kingdom of God because today we're going to take the first steps to enter into that kingdom. So let's do this today. I want you to open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. If you'll stand with me, we're going to read the word of the Lord. Those that are watching by stream, welcome everybody that's tuning in. I know when I usually, when I get home, there's usually a couple hundred people that are tuning in and watching this, watching the church li uh, online, live uh, through Facebook and YouTube and all our other mediums. And so we welcome you today, and so we're going to get into some stuff then that's going to be blessed to you. If you're in Isaiah chapter 9, I want to give this chapter to you as a point of reference, because Isaiah speaks prophetically concerning Christ. And I just want you to lay hold of this today, and I want to read something. We, we typically read these passages around Christmas time. Uh, and I'm not sure why the application is always during that, that time of the year. But I want to give this to you. Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7. As a way for you to begin to understand what was said of Jesus prophetically. And what the thought in the Old Testament was concerning his kingship. I want you to know that the Messiah in the Old Testament is a king. And I just want you to hear that. That every revelation we have of the, in the Old Testament concerning Christ. Is a, is a result of his kingship. Will you say Jesus is king? Could you say he's king of kings? And that's the title of today's message. Jesus is king of kings and absolutely Lord of lords. And so we're going to get into that together. So if you have your Bible there, this is Isaiah chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 6 and 7. And I pray that this be a ministration to you as we get into these conversations today. How awesome it's going to be uh, to get into this particular place. And in fact, I was 
I was kind of tempted, but, you know, time never permits me to get into some of the nuances of, of the word of the Lord. You know, I always feel like I'm rushed when I'm preaching because, you know, we're kind of a little bit on the timeline. And, and one of these days when we get into our regular building, I'm just going to preach like two hours. Just, I'm going to just sit down. It's going to take a long time. I'm going to preach like two, three hours. Amen. Do you know, do you know that years ago when I went to Ethiopia and, and, and I was preaching the, the minister, the first church I went to, I was on a preaching circuit. And they said, well, uh, preacher, how long do you think you're going to preach? And I said, well, I don't know. I normally preach about an hour. And he kind of gave me like a little, kind of like maybe frowned a little bit. And I, and I said, well, you want me to preach less? He goes, no, you don't think you could preach like three or four hours, maybe? And I said, well, I could if you let me like take a little break and I come back. And that's what I did. Some churches, they, the people that come, they walk for miles. They fight to get the first chair in the house of the Lord. Uh, some of them sitting on the, on the floors. And uh, there were places where I was preaching. There was 25, 30,000 people. And, and I started in the morning, 8 o'clock. I didn't finish preaching to probably 2 or 3. And nobody never left the building. Yeah, somebody say they're hungry. Listen, I'm going to give you a little, a little, a little, uh, some, uh, a little nibble with about 30 minutes of the word of the Lord. Come on, help me. Are you in Isaiah 9? Slide your finger down to verse 6 and 7. But as you're sliding your finger, notice verse 2. And look, can I just read this? It's not part of my text. It's not part of my preaching. But I just want you to hear this. It says, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them hath the light shine how I many know that's awesome listen to this revelation about jesus are you ready for unto us verse six a child is born so i want you to know this is isaiah speaking of the lord himself he says for unto us what does it say a child is what He's born. Catch that. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is what? Is given. So a child is born and a son is given. And the Bible says, in the government. Did y'all see that? It's not talking about the cross. It's not talking about salvation. It's talking about the government. Did y'all did see that? I just, I just want you to see it. Listen to the prophet Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Elasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David... Did y'all see that? Upon whose throne? The throne of David. And upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. And notice what the scripture says. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Ah, that's good stuff. Y'all ready to pray with me? We're going to get into some stuff today. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear. Uh, let us not hear with natural ears, but with spiritual ears. That these ears won't be just about hearing, that they'll be about doing. Uh, Father, could I pray, Holy Spirit, could I pray that the church at Harvest Point Church, its body, its people, its friends, 
Catch this, brother and sister. Listen. We'll hearken unto the voice of the Lord. That means that we're going to hear with the idea of doing. Let us hearken unto the voice of the Spirit of God. Let these words fall on hearts that are ready, that are pliable, that are soft. Let's get ready of any dissension, any, any division, any conflict to the word of the Lord falling upon hearts that are ready for the seed of the word of the Lord. Let that seed fall. Will you pray this? Seed fall on my heart. Fall, fall that it might yield fruit back into the kingdom of God. Not 30, not 60, but a hundred times that which was sown. Let my life so reflect the fruitfulness of this kingdom. Holy Spirit, help me as I move through this day for your purpose, for your strength. And I pray that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, this is, what, this is what I need everybody to do. Today's title of the message is King of Kings, right? So will you go find somebody and look them in the eye and say, Jesus is King of Kings. Will you go find somebody and tell them that? Just say, Jesus is King of Kings. Jesus is King of Kings. He's King of Kings. Tell somebody he's Lord of Lords. Derek, Jesus is King of Kings, my man. Emma, Jesus is King of Kings. Brother Aminas, Jesus is King of Kings. Isaac, Jesus is King of Kings, my man. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jennifer, Jesus is King of Kings. That's great news that Jesus is King of Kings. Jesus is King of Kings. Jesus is King of Kings. Let me begin by giving you something that I perceive, I would assume, that you already know. But I believe today it would bear evidence for you to put your mind upon it. I believe that there is a heaven and a hell. It is my heart, my thought towards you, that you believe that too. That there is a heaven and there is a hell. If you believe in that concept, that thought, the teaching of the Bible, in fact, could I say that Jesus taught more about hell than he did heaven? If you believe that there is a heaven and a hell, then you must believe that there is a God in heaven and there is a God in hell. It is my assumption that all of us, to some degree, came out of that kingdom of hell, or what is referred to as the kingdom of darkness. 
In fact, Paul says that you were sometimes darkness, but you've been called into the glorious light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. You see, we know that there is darkness. There is a ruler of darkness. I'm not sure if you realize this, but in this earth, on this earth, there are two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of light, and there is the kingdom of darkness. They are both playing themselves against mankind, purposing to cause you to walk contrary to the light and revelation of God. There is darkness everywhere. And I hope that I don't have to convince you of darkness. I think most of you came out of that darkness to some degree, some more, some less, but we all came out of darkness into what? Into the glorious light of Christ. <laughs> Somebody give thanks to God that you've come out of the light. Do, 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 do you know that the Bible says, Paul says uh, to the church in Colossia, that, that we should give thanks unto our Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of lights. Oh, come on, somebody. The Bible says, who hath delivered you from the power of darkness. The power of darkness. And has translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. Do you know that you've been called out of darkness? You say, well, preacher, how was I translated out of the kingdom of darkness? I mean, you know, the kingdom of darkness is a, is a pretty bad thing. It's, do you know that the kingdom of darkness is four-dimensional? It's four-dimensional. It works like this. It works in death. Under the rouse of darkness, the enemy, Lucifer, Satan, works death in you. He works division. He works disease and deception. It's four-dimensional. And all he's doing is he's using darkness to do it. Touch your neighbor and say, he uses darkness. Brother, just I want you to catch that, that the enemy uses darkness to cause you to error with God. He uses darkness. Simply darkness. You say, well, preacher, what's darkness? When you go back and study darkness in the New Testament, it is given to us in a Greek expression. Darkness is simply ignorance. A lack of knowledge. Do you know that the prophet Isaiah said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. In other words, the enemy is working over on you, is accessing you because of what you don't know. You know, I grew up in a time when people say, what you don't know can't hurt you. But I'm a little wiser now. It's the things that I don't know that hurts me. Well, you look at your neighbor and say, it's what you don't know that's getting you. Could, could, could I contend with you just for a moment to say, the problem in your life is what you don't know. Right. Come on, let, let me say that one again. If you have a problem in your life, you have a problem. If you're walking in error, if there's some issue in your life going on, it's because you don't know enough. That's it. You don't have divine knowledge. The first thing the kingdom of heaven does, it was established in the very beginning. God said, let there be light. Revelation. Uh, light is an expression of knowledge. 
Jesus says you want to have eternal life? It's simply this. You have a not, anybody that has a knowledge of God and the one to whom he sent has eternal life abiding in him. Why? Because we have the light on. Do you know that the apostle, the beloved John, said, and this is the message we have of him, that God is light. Now watch this. And in him is no darkness at all. Light. How much knowledge do you have of the Father? Is the difference between walking in the kingdom of God and walking in the kingdom of darkness. And I believe there's a lot of people in the house of the Lord that have been deceived through the deception of what they don't know about God. There's a lot of people in fear right now because of what they don't know about God. There's a lot of people right now walking without, and if they knew God, they'd walk with if they had a knowledge of God. Friend, how, how well do you think you know God? How amazing it is that the Bible says, listen to this, that God gives to every man the Spirit of God, which is a revelation of what? The knowledge of God. What you need is an infusion of the Spirit of God to bring a divine knowledge of the Lord. This is light in our lives. Let me say this to you. The greatest expository teaching of the light of God was given to us by Jesus. Jesus says this. Lay not up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But he says this to you. But lay up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt nor thieves break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Why, why is he saying that? He's saying it because of this verse. St. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. We all say we know it. We just don't practice it. He says this, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things shall be added to you. It's not saying don't be rich. It's saying if you want to be rich, put your riches in the kingdom. Say this, because if the, the, the light of the body is the eye. And if that eye be single, if the eye is concentrating on the kingdom, then the whole body be full of light. Because what we're doing is we're living off the substance of his kingship. Ah, uh, somebody. I'll take you there. Watch. I'm going to take you there. Because Jesus taught this, that, that our eye is on the kingdom. And if our eye is on the kingdom, then we'll be full of light. But if your eye be evil... If you think you're the one making the provision, if it's by your abilities and by your strengths and talents, guess what? Your eye is evil. And because your eye is evil, you'll be full of darkness. And because you think it's light and it's actually darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus was talking to people who were clamoring about what they're going to eat and what they're going to wear. They're saying, how am I going to eat? How am I going to make it? How am I going to get through? This is all that context of seeking the kingdom. Oh, somebody. He says, don't you know that life is more than what you're eating? Life is more important than what you wear, the designer clothes you're wearing. 
Understand, listen, he was saying, listen, in all of the riches, listen, do, do you know that King Solomon was the richest king ever to grace earth? Nobody had more money than Solomon. Some of you may know the story of Solomon when, when Queen Sheba came to, to, to bring her gift to the king. You know, you know in the times of, of the Lord, of the biblical times, there was nothing but kingdoms. All governments were kingdoms. And do you know that she brought a gift so great, so grand, and she was trying to say, this is how great my kingdom is, when she showed up to Jerusalem and she saw the servants of Solomon in fine apparel. They were eating off gold plates and using gold forks, and she saw that their table's full of food. The Bible says her spirit left her. She was breathless. She says, your kingdom is great. Yeah. And do you know that Jesus says that Solomon in all his splendor Never looked like that lily that just fell there in the crack of that ground and grew up in the splendor of it is greater than even Solomon. Look at the birds of the air. They don't, they don't reap, they don't sow, but your father feeds them. Are you not more important than they are? Because we're talking kingdom. Will you look at your neighbor and say, the kingdom got what you need? You better get your eyes right. You better get your eyes right. I want to perfect your vision. It's the kingdom. And so Jesus says this, seek ye first the kingdom, the grandness, the awesomeness, the splendor of the kingdom of heaven. Then all these things come to you because this is the benefit of the kingdom of God. What are you worried about? Look to the kingdom. What do you need? Put your eyes on the kingdom of God. Let me show you why this is so foreign in the church. You, you, you know, we're all arguing about our doctrine, our precepts, our, our teaching, because we're all thinking about salvation. We become so narcissistic in the church that everybody say, no, he's a heretic, and he don't preach right. This man doesn't do this. And, and where does this teaching come from? Nobody's preaching the kingdom. Everybody's trying to get their doctrine right. And who's preaching this? And what about baptism and laying on of hands? Don't you know the Bible says we got to move past these things? These are elementary things. These are baby things. This is sucking milk in the kingdom of God. It's time to move on to the meat of the kingdom of God. I want you to enter into the kingdom of heaven. This is where the work is done. This is the message of Christ. He preached the kingdom of God. This is our source. This is our life. This is our future. This is our business. This is our job. The kingdom of heaven is what we should be about. One of the passages, and I'm going to help somebody here today. Check this out. One of the passages, I, I, I quote it, uh, and I've said it a million times here in this church, but I'm going to quote it again in hopes that you might hear the revelation of the kingdom of heaven. So catch this. The Bible says that when Jesus came, this is St. Matthew 16, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, to whom did they say the Son of Man am? You know that this is foundational. Uh, that, 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 that the power of the kingdom of God is given to the man or woman who identifies who Jesus is. 
This is foundational. This is supernatural. This is the work of the Holy Spirit coming to anoint you to know this sort of information. What we lose is we don't hear what Peter actually said. Because, you know, the Bible says when Jesus, well, you know, who do they say that I am? The disciples said back to Jesus. Some say thou art John the Baptist. Some Elias, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? Now, I want you to hear this. Everybody hear this. I want you to hear this, man, because if you miss this, you're going to miss the kingdom of God. Because I want you to come with me into the kingdom of God. It's time for you to come into the kingdom of heaven. I know you've read your Bible and you've got all your doctrine right and all your precepts are right and you can defend them apologetically. I'm asking you to come into the kingdom. It's not enough to know all that stuff. Because how many know knowledge puffs up? Some of us are real puffed up in what we think we know. We're just not in the kingdom yet. I'm helping somebody. I'm helping somebody. I'm talking to you. When you look at Jesus, he's talking to you, man. Because you're always quoting the Bible and talking about this and that, but you're not about the kingdom yet. Watch this. Watch this. So, so I want, I'm good. Anybody want to come with me to the kingdom? I'm, I'm going to bring you right to the doorknob. I'm going to bring you right to the door. Like you, you, if you can get this, you can turn and come on in and come to the kingdom. Because remember, if you get the kingdom, all the other things are added. But the eye has to be singular. We have to be about the kingdom first. Then that stuff comes. Let me put it in order again. You have to be about the kingdom. Then all the other stuff comes. The stuff doesn't come before the kingdom. The kingdom comes before the stuff. So I want you to hear it. Listen to Paul. Listen to Peter, pardon me. Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? Now watch this. This is why it's miraculous. The revelation is miraculous. Watch. Peter says, catch it. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm going I'm I'm to say it twice. I'm going to do it three times because how many know if I say it three times, you're going to remember? Have you ever noticed that when I preach, I say things three times? That's because that helps you to remember what I'm preaching. He said, Peter said back to the Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. For what reason? Government. Watch this. We think that Jesus' name is Jesus Christ because we're Gentiles. We think that that's his name. If Jesus was filling out an application, please fill this out. You think that if Jesus pulled out his driver's license, he's going to say Jesus Christ, like if Christ is the last name. Well, you look at your name and say, Christ is not his last name. It's his title. The word Christ is to say Christos, the christened one, the anointed one, the anointed king. I believe that thou art the anointed king, the son that God gave us, the selected one. Now, let, let me stop here and say this about America. You know, we live in America, and some people don't even know what kind of government we have in America. Will you look at your neighbor and say, we are not a democracy? 
Everybody says America's a democracy. It's not a democracy. It's a republic. You say, well, how do we become a republic? We got a constitution. Now, there's semblances of democracy because we, 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 we vote for people. We want to represent us. But when they go to where they're going, there's the constitution that looks them in the face. A democracy is when people rule. I never want a democracy because I don't trust you. We're in a republic. Do you know today that there are only three kingdoms left in the world? Swaziland, South Africa. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've heard of Saudi Arabia. Maybe you've heard of this, the Vatican. There's a king there, they call him Pope. The Pope, you say the Pope? Pope Francis is the king of the Vatican. I want you to understand that when the disciples said, I believe that thou art the Christos. What he was saying was, I believe you are the king of the Jews. You are the anointed king. Now stop and consider what I've just said. You know, a king is not elected. He is selected. We don't go to a ballot booth to vote for Jesus. He's born Jesus. He's born the king. For unto us a son is born, a son is given. I believe that thou art the selected, the anointed king of all of Israel. That's what Peter was saying back to Christ. Got a question for you. Is Jesus king in your life? You have him every other way. Uh, You call him your deliverer. You call him the son of God. You call him your salvation. My question is, do you call him by his name? Is he he, your king, the anointed king in your life? Has he been enthroned as the anointed king? Let me show you how powerful this is. How many know that there was a a time, this is 1 Samuel chapter 8, where the nation of Israel said to Samuel, we want a king. All the world was governed by. The kingdoms were all kings. They wanted somebody to show off. You know what God said? You don't need a king. I'm your king. No, we want somebody. He says, I'm going to give you somebody, but you're not going to be happy. And who did they find? They found a Benjamite by the name of Saul. The Bible says he was handsome. He was good to look at. He was tall. He was a, he was a big man, but small in the sight of God. And we know how he failed Israel. Do, do you know that, that later, uh, that, that, that his son Ishbosheth that tried to ascend to the throne, but God had already anointed a man after his own heart? We know him as who? King David. Uh, some of y'all uh, may not know the story, but, but Saul was, because he knew that David would ascend to his throne, that he, he sought out to, to destroy him, to kill him. And the Bible says that when Saul was out trying to find or take the life of David, that David was hiding in a cave with 300 of his men. And the Bible says that, that, that while he was there, while King Saul was out trying to find David, that he too entered the same cave. The Bible said to rest his feet, to get cool for his feet. And he went and he laid down in the mouth of that cave. And there in the back, the men of David said, look, King, God's delivered him into your hands. You see, God gave him to you. Go take his life. The Bible says that 
David went up real quietly behind him. There while Saul rested, he, he took his knife and he, he cut away a small portion of the hem of his garment. Snuck back into the cave and the Bible says while he was there, listen, it said it smote his heart that he had even touched him. And he says, how could I touch the Lord's anointed? He's been christened the king. He is king of Israel. How could I even touch his clothes? And the Bible says when Saul got up to left, it was David that went out and prostrated himself before the king. He says, who seeks me? This dead dog, this flea. I'm not worthy of you, king. Oh, that the church would get back to a holy reverence for the King of kings and Lord of lords, for the anointed one of God who comes as king into your life. Jesus Christ is the Christos. He's the king. Will you look at your neighbor and say, Jesus Christ is the king, the anointed one. Is it any wonder now why the disciples thought that Jesus would set up a kingdom? Is it any wonder now that after they identified him as king that they thought to themselves, well, when are you going to set up your kingdom? When will you deliver us from this oppressor, this Roman government, and set up the kingdom of God? Isn't this the accusation that they set him up before Pontius Pilate? What was the accusation? Treason. How did they set him there? Because he claimed to be the king of the Jews. He claimed to be a king. Brothers and sisters, you want to come into the kingdom of heaven? You have to first make him king in your life. You want to enter in? You want to come with me? He's got to be king of your life. He's got to be the Messiah, the Mashiach, the anointed one of God. Do, do, do you know that, that Samuel would come with that horn and, and he, would, he would pour that oil on those kings and they would, through that oil, through that anointing, would become king of all of Israel. Do you know that when a king speaks a word, it's, that's, that's it, that's done. The word is said. That's why the Bible says he has an iron scepter. He points, and that's where everybody goes. He's king. We obey him. Why? Because he's king. He's Lord. Listen, brothers and sisters. You believe there's a devil. Good. You believe there's God. Good. But do you believe you have a king? I think a lot of you have more faith than Joe Biden, Donald Trump, some prime minister, some elected official, than you do in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Friend, let me help you with something. If you want to go in, if you want to seek first the kingdom of God, you must first become a subject. Do you understand that God purposes to do that which he desired to do from the very beginning? God does not change his mind. He wants to dominate the earth. He wants to dominate the earth. He wants us to subdue it with what? His kingdom. 
He wants us to leave here, go out there, and produce the benefit of the kingdom of heaven. And if you watch God, God always produces a benefit before he introduces himself. What did Jesus tell the disciples? When you go, go out and heal the sick, raise the dead, cause the blind to see, cleanse the leper. Those that can't walk, the maimed, have them to walk. And then tell them, the kingdom of heaven is right here, right now. Show the benefit first. Nobody acting in any level of sincerity. How many know that if you want to preach the gospel, do right. Do good. You want to win the lost, show them the kingdom. This church would be flooded if we could demonstrate the kingdom of heaven. There'd be a line to get into this house. So don't talk to me about doctrine. Don't talk to me about how much you know about the Bible. You have to produce the benefit of the kingdom of heaven. And that's why Jesus says, I've given you all authority and all power to act as though I were here. And when you go out there, you demonstrate the power of this kingdom. There has to be a benefit. If the only benefit they get is more things to do. Brothers, watch this. Do you know that in the Old Testament, there are over 600 laws that you have to obey? Over 600. Do you know that in the New Testament, there are over 1,000 commands? Over 1,000. Who wants more rules? Jesus says, I'm going to give you authority. If you'll become a subject in the kingdom of God. How do I enter into the kingdom? One, I acknowledge that Jesus is the true Messiah. He is the king. He's the anointed king. And it's not some figurative kingdom. There is a kingdom called the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven that is real. And as much as you believe in the devil, brothers and sisters, I believe in my God. And he's given to me a king. Watch this. Some of y'all remember this verse. Can I quote you some verses? Can I help you with something? Check this out. Philippians 2. I got people that you act like you're lost. Check this out. Philippians 2. And let this mind be in you, you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Don't stop there, brothers, and quit thinking salvation, think kingship. This is, it. This, this is what the Bible says. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him, watch this, and given him a name. Somebody say he gave him a name, which is above every other name, whether in heaven or on earth or under the earth. That every knee should bow. That every knee should bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Let, let, let me say that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Christos, is our highness is our majesty. Friend, how high do you have Jesus? 
Has he become your king? We know him every other way in the church except for what he is, what his title is. He is the anointed king of God. You say, well, preacher, when was he anointed? He was anointed at that, at that baptism where the Bible says the spirit of God descended out of heaven. A dove. And the Bible says that dove came and rested upon his shoulder. He was christened king of kings. Lord of lords. I am now become part of the king's domain. The king's domain is actually how we comprise the word kingdom. The king's domain, a king's domain is to say a kingdom. Are you a subject? Does Jesus rule you? You know, I get it. You know, most people don't want a monarch because, you know, if the monarch is bad, if he's cruel, if he's indifferent, and how many know that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely? But we have a king who is perfect in the order of that man we call Melchizedek. That my king stands before at the right hand of the Father and his kingship is supreme. He is awesome. He is more than what you can imagine. Your king to be my king stands there by the right hand of the God and he stands there on my behalf. You see, I'm a subject of the kingdom of God. Well, friend, if you want to be part of the kingdom, you must first acknowledge him as king. And you must first come under his rule. You want to act in power? You got to be part of the king's domain. You want authority? You want to rule with God? You got to be part of the king's domain. Can I help you with something? I'm going to say something too. I hope I, I stir your spirit with this. Heaven's not permanent. For all you that are trying to figure out and get your salvation right because your, your goal, your end aim is to get over to heaven. Heaven's not permanent. Everybody, we just can't wait to get to heaven. When we get over to heaven, you'll go, grandmama's over yonder. I can't wait to see all those that have gone before me, all the disciples, all the people. I just want to get over to the streets of gold and to that mansion. That is not a permanent place. It's not permanent. Friend, where do you think you're going? You are going into a king's dominion. Our goal is to produce the kingdom of heaven right now. Isn't this the prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Can I tell you that God is about to set up his kingdom here on this earth in a permanent way for there's going to be a new earth and a new heaven and it's going to descend upon Jerusalem and we are going to reign with God I'm going to reign with God this is a kingdom brothers and sisters this is a kingdom somebody say kingdom look at your neighbor and say man this is a kingdom 
I'm so glad you're saved. I'm so glad you read all your Bible. I'm so glad you got your doctrine right. Nobody can correct you because you know it all. I'm so glad that you got it all together. But friend, are you in the kingdom of God? Do you call him king of kings and lord of lords? Is he king of your life? Is he king of your mind? Is he king of your hands? Is he king of your feet? Are you walking in that eminence? You see, the prophet Isaiah prophesied to you what he was about to do. He was going to set up a government. Now, see, you've got to make up your mind. Does the kingdom have what you need? Or are you suffice to be an American or a Mexican or, I don't know, Australia? I don't know what, what you want to be. You see, I'm a son of God. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. I want the kingdom. I want to see his glory. I want people to say, I want what you've got. I want to know what you know. Because that's how great my kingdom is. Nothing compares to the kingdom of God. The benefits thereof. Who we are and what we're going to become. We are a government church, not a religion. Jesus didn't preach to you how to get to heaven. He's trying to get you to bring heaven down to earth. And friend, when you wrap your head around this, that this is a kingdom and this is a government and there's something for us to do on behalf of this kingdom that we're trying to let the world know that Jesus reigns and he reigns supreme and that everything you would ever need in your whole life is found in the kingdom of God. Uh, now you're acting like I ain't saying nothing, baby. But I know I'm teaching better than the way you're acting. Oh, that I had a witness in here that I helped me preach this message. Oh, that I had a witness. Let me, let me leave you with this salutation. Let me see what time it is. Oh, man. I've got to stop. Oh, God, it's already 12. We're going to welcome some new members into the church today. We, we, we welcome and partners into the ministry. But listen, we're a kingdom here. We're a government. Will you say to your neighbor, say, we're a government. You see, unto us a son is born. A child is given. To what? For government. God said, I'm going to give you my son. He's going to be your king. He's anointed, selected of God. Not elected by us, but selected by God. Christened by the Holy Spirit to bring governance here on earth. And I'm going to work in that government. And I'm going to serve with God. I'm going to reign with God. You say, preacher, you're talking crazy. I'm going to talk crazy just like Paul talked crazy. Paul says, I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things. And before Christ Jesus, the Christos, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keepest commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord our majesty Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, <laughs> the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You know what potentate means? All powerful, with all ability. You see, he's the king of kings. And Lord of Lords, 
You know, the Bible says that God has made me a king. He's the king of kings. You know, there's lords on this earth, but he is the Lord of lords. Yeah, you're, you're hearing this, man. I'm teaching you government. Don't think these titles are just things that we just skim past. Peter said, I believe that thou art the Christos, the son of the living God. You know what Jesus said? Flesh and blood hadn't revealed it unto you, Peter, but my father which is in heaven. And upon this rock, Petros, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see, darkness goes no further. Whatever you bind here on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose here on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. Why? Because I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of God. See, you need a king to get the key. Is Jesus truly the king of your life? I know he saved you. I know he was crucified. I know you got your salvation right and you've applied the blood in every area of your life. But is he king? And friend, if you don't recognize him for the one thing the Bible declares of him, that he is the Christos, he's the anointed king, you can't get into the kingdom. But I believe there's probably two or three people who want to come with me, because I'm going with you too. I want to put my hand on the door of the kingdom and says, I'm coming in to honor my king. And whatever he says to do, I do it with joy and gladness. Because his word is my command, his word is my will. If I come into the kingdom and I subject myself because he wants a domain, he wants to take over the earth. And you know what? I want to show forth the good works that men might see my good works and glorify my Father in heaven because this is how the kingdom works. And friend, if you're all about this and not about the doing of the kingdom of heaven, you haven't entered in. And I see a lot of people talking. I tell my wife, I get so, so despondent when I see things on, on, on YouTube and Facebook and everybody's saying he ain't preaching right and he's not doing this and that guy preaches that and everybody's talking about salvation. But nobody's doing the kingdom yet. Jesus says, you're going to know when I'm coming. The end will come when you preach the kingdom of God. What, what time it is to preach the kingdom when all the kingdoms around us are failing? Anybody seeing the U.S., our government failing? I see it every day. Kingdoms around the world, governments around the world are failing its people. People are saying, I, are coming to a realization that they can't put their trust in their own government. The field is ripe, friends. The, the, the field is white for harvest. We just need harvesters, workers, laborers who can produce the benefits of the kingdom of God that people might say, see it and enter in. See, unless a man is born again. Well, how is he born again? Because he identifies he has a king. Oh, I know you got a savior, but do you got a king in your life? And what a time. What a time is this, these last days, that our message is going to ring so loud. That, hey, you tired of the government? I've got a new government. This government is superb. It's beautiful. It's gracious. It's full of the mercies and compassions of God. Its benefits are outstanding. Its love is in, in, incompromising. You, you will find a kingdom that will take you through any storm, any situation. You will find a kingdom that cannot be compared. And a king... And a king. <laughs> you know, I know that. Let me just end here. There's been some kingdoms in the world. 
men in this own country have went to other foreign soils and gave their life for the freedoms and liberties we have here in the U.S., right? And we'll fight around the world to support the, 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 the political leanings and governments of each respective land or place. But we have the only kingdom in the world, the only kingdom, whose king didn't ask you to defend him. He defended you. I didn't die for him. He died for me. And because my king died for me, guess what? I'm going to die for him. And brothers and sisters today, if anybody wants to come, I invite you to enter in into the kingdom of God. Full of its benefit. A king that is supreme. A king that is sure. A king that is beautiful. A king that loves you like nobody's ever loved you. I invite you to the kingdom of God. Jesus said, if we seek it first, we produce an eye that is able to comprehend the very light of God. Well, what's the light? Revelation, knowledge. I want to lift my hands today and say, light shine on me. Light shine on me. I, I rebuke the kingdom of darkness. It's deception. The, the, the dark spots in my faith. The shadows that lurk about me. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, your anointing shine your light on me. That I might know my God in the fullness of his revelation. Because in God, because of God, through God, there is no darkness at all. I vanquish the kingdom of darkness, the ruler of darkness, Lucifer, and all his minions and all his demons. I lose you from him. I break every tie, every legal right, every place in our life where we've dropped our heads and let fear come in. And I surrender myself to the very light of God. Holy Spirit, shine in me. Work in me. That I might reflect my King's purposes. His will. For you see, the kingdom of God is the purpose of God to expose His will. His purpose, His intention on earth. And he needs subjects, subjects like you and I, who have become subjected to his very commands. Jesus, let me not be like David, who, who, who tore the edge. <laughs> oh, it smote his heart. He knew that he had did wrong. Uh, help me to discriminate that in my life. Uh, Jesus, I've, I've ripped the hedge of your garment, the hems of your garment more than once. Help me to reverence your kingship. You're the anointed one. You've been set to govern. The government is upon your shoulders. The increase of your government will be performed by the zealousness of my God, the Lord of hosts. It'll be established forever been prophesied 
over and over again. I enter in. Will you put him king? Can I encourage you right now, brother and sister, to just put him king? Say, Jesus, I put you king in my heart. You're the king. You're the anointed king. I put you as king in my heart. Uh, I become subjected to your every word. Whatever you ask of me, I gladly do. Because you are the, you are the anointed king. You are my highness. You are my majesty. You are my Lord. <laughs> I believe in your kingdom. I believe in its rule. I believe in its power. Do I have a witness? I want you to say it now. Come on. Say, Jesus, I believe in your kingdom. I believe in your power. I believe in your rule. I believe in your rule. I believe in your power. I believe in your rule. I believe in your power. I believe in your rule. I am your loyal subject. I am your son doing the business of God. David and Chanel, I hope you don't bother me bragging on you just a moment. Uh, Chanel sent me a message that both David and Chanel were sick yesterday. They said, we want, we want to be at the, at, at, the, at, the, at the partnership class, but we're sick. She was running a fever. And I sent that message back. I said, Chanel, I'm praying for you right now because I believe the power of this kingdom over a fever over a virus over a sickness over a thing and she texts me back I believe too I believe in God his ability his strength you see he's the potentate he's the all-powerful one he's the one that has ability on my way to church I told first lady baby I know that David and Chanel are going to be there because because I have a potentate I'm a servant of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords he's going to touch them he touched them last night how beautiful it is to see them sitting there an expression of brothers and sisters we can produce the benefit of God it's our task it's our purpose you see, Jesus said, wherever my word is preached, signs and wonders will accompany that preaching. Do you know that Philip, when he went out, he performed signs and miracles, wonders. The people were amazed at the kingdom of God. And then Philip would say, enter in. This is how you enter. You want to have this benefit in your life. You want to see this kingdom. You, you want to be part of the kingdom of God? Enter in. Come in and subject yourself to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. And today, 2022 years after Jesus preached the gospel, after Philip taught it, after Paul taught it, I come and I teach it to you. Come with me 
into the kingdom of God. Call him your anointed king. Can we pray together as a church? To Heavenly Father, we come to you. And we thank you for the son that you gave us. We thank you for the son that was born, your only begotten son. Who, oh, Father, you declared from the very beginning would be our Christos, our anointed king. And today I, I welcome him into my heart. Today, I call him king. Huh? I pray you call him king too. You've called him savior long enough. Now it's time to call him by, his, by the name God gave him. Call him Christos, the anointed one. You are my Christos. You are my anointed king. And I subject myself to every rule, every command, everything. I leave this house to go out to produce your kingdom wherever you send me. I want to be a doer of the word. I want to be a child of the kingdom of God. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And not do the things which I say. Because you see, when a king speaks, his word is the law. Speak, Father. Speak, Jesus. Holy Spirit embedded in me. Make me sure, make me real that I can produce the kingdom of God. Let these hands go forward. Come on, somebody. Let these hands go forward to bring the kingdom that others may see the beautifulness of the kingdom of God. Hey, you know what? Can I encourage a church? We need to stop praying in our prayer closet about the sick. And let's get out of our prayer closet. Let's get in our car and turn that key and drive over to that person who's healed. And let's lay our hands and pray over the person who's sick. You see what I'm saying? We're going to advance the kingdom. It's not going to be something we do secretly. This is something God wants to do publicly. Let's go produce the kingdom. Let people see how gracious God is. You say, well, preacher, what if I'm having to pray for somebody who doesn't know God good, that they might know him? What if I'm praying for people who, through their own abuse and the subjection of sin in their lives, why should I pray for them? Because the kingdom of God has come. Show them how great God is. Show them there's an alternative. Why should we pray for each other? But to encourage each other in the Lord. Listen, if you won't practice it here, you most certainly won't practice it out there. Now, I'll end today's prayer with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for thine is the kingdom 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Put your hands together for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Come on, clap like you love him. Give him something. Say, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Blessing, blessing. You get back to your seats. We, 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 we've got time is slipping away. Time keeps on slipping. Slipping, slipping into the future. Tonight, let me just share, those that are watching by stream, tonight our Bible study will not be at 6 p.m. It's going to be at 5 p.m. I'm going to be preaching at La Primera Asamblea de Dios, First Assembly of God in Grand Prairie, Texas. That address is 323 14th Street, 323 14th Street in Grand Prairie. I'm going to be preaching, actually teaching there tonight. On the dangers of anxiety fear and so that's gonna start at 5 if you've already set up your phone to get alerts from Facebook or even from YouTube if that alert comes at 5 that's that's us we're starting at 5 I'll be I'll be ministering there tonight you're welcome to come if anybody here wants to come if you live in Grand Prairie you're there about the way you want to come and be part of that you can come and be part of that service tonight we're gonna to have an awesome time in the Lord so, so ushers, go ahead and come forward. I'm, I'm going to kind of expedite a little bit of the time because I know time is running thin. I know we're going to pick up our last offering. Go ahead and come forward, guys. I'm going to have you come. Let everybody see you. So as, as a bishop was, was exhorting, Elder, I appreciate you exhorting the family of faith to just go above and beyond, you know, particularly when we got times where people are in and out of church, vacation and so forth. And during spring break, we're, com we're competing with all sorts of things, uh, leisureness and vacations and so forth and so on. It's important that we honor the Lord in giving. So, so, uh, uh, can you, uh, uh, brother, can you give uh, First Lady a, a card, a, a yellow card? We're going to give. Because we're just going to give above and beyond. Somebody here today give above and beyond? To the King of Kings and Lord of Lords right now that we're just going to give extra. So just put your hand up. You're just going to give above and beyond. I'm not telling you what to give, we're just going to give. I see people already on their phones. Go ahead and you can give through tithely. Let's give to God. Let's make up the difference. Nothing, nothing to it but to do it right. We know that the people of God are so gracious, so kind. Uh, let's give to the Lord. Let's give to the Lord. Let's be gracious. Uh, we're going to give uh, that, that last free will offering. If you haven't given your tithe, if you came in a little late and you want to put your tithe, let's do that now. Uh, we can give and give unto the Lord. Um, so let's do this today. Uh, we're going to be uh, uh, setting up right here in these two center aisles. These front, front rows, we're going to ask here in a moment, we're going to dismiss, but we're going to ask uh, those people that are signed up for partnership class to just fill these front rows. We'll give maybe a few minutes for people to kind of make their way through, and then we're going to set up to do our members, our, our partnership, I say membership, but it's, it's partnership, and we'll go through a few details with that and welcome in some beautiful people into the Lord, amen. We've got some people that, listen, there's some people here that are going to help our church be better. In fact, them being here makes us better. And their gifts and abilities are extraordinary in the Lord, and we're going to become better because they're here. So we welcome them. So uh, uh, ushers, you can go ahead and go forward and pick up. I appreciate y'all already moving and, and going that way. We'll bless that offering. We'll come back and, and declare it blessed. Um, and so we'll, we'll bless that tonight uh, too as well. And we're going to do the fruits of the Spirit. Excellent. You see, Witty says, are y'all going to do the fruit of the Spirit? Come on, somebody. She just came out of kids' class. How many know that's awesome? Your kids come out of kids' class talking about the fruit of the Spirit. 
Oh, somebody say hallelujah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we'll give a moment here. Everybody's kind of giving their gift. Amen. Thank you for your generosity to the house of the Lord. Thank you for your giving and your, your love for God's house. Amen. Let me see if there's anything else. Elder, am I forgetting anything? Oh, come on up here, Elder. You, you've got announcements. I don't have those. And, and we've got a lot coming up. We got, I know we got our men's meeting coming up.